0: I'm a giant when I stand. Ballin' like the Jets. Startin' Jersey like the Nets. To New York like the Mets. Yeah, I
1: win like the
0: Yanks. Like the past, fill the check. G&T Sports Talk. How to show on the net. Yeah. On myself. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I Yeah. I put blood to the switch. Yeah. From the east to the west. G&T Sports Talk. How to show on the net. Yeah.
1: up everyone we have a special edition of grunt talk sports we are joined by paul esden jr here he's a digital reporter for the jets of course my brother bobby thompson huge jets patriots game so we're going to preview that talk a few other things paul thank you so much for coming on the show
2: no thanks fellas appreciate it and there's nothing quite like jets
0: patriots week so i always get a little extra amped up for this one me too i'm the same way paul every time the jets play the Patriots. It's a big week, even, and it's always been sort of lopsided, but um, you know, second, second game of of the matchup this year, Patriots won the first one, 25 to six this game. I'm just like, we just said before, I don't think this is blowout material by the Patriots. If they do, I'll be shocked. They, the Patriots offense still trying to find themselves, the defense in a little bit of a funk, but the jets coming off a bye, they might be fresh. So I'm a little concerned about that. So, But, but Paul, thank you so much for coming on, and I'm, we're excited to get this going.
2: I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, I'm excited. Uh, this is great. Anytime I could talk Jets, I'm there. They just got to name the time and the place, and you guys have done so here on the pod. So I'm happy about it, man.
1: All right. So we'll get right to it. So, Paul, how did you get started with the Jets? Let us know exactly what you do and um, I guess some career, other career information.
2: Sure. Yeah, I'm the New York Jets digital reporter for heavy.com. So what that that fancy title what it means is I cover the Jets every day, uh, writing articles so it's a minimum of two articles out every day on something revolving around uh, the New York Jets. On top of that I host a New York Jets podcast I've hosted it every week uh, for the last decade. Uh, so that's called the Jet zone. Uh, on top of that, I'm a sports talk radio host. So every day, Monday through Friday, I talk Jets, Bills, Giants, a lot of New York-based stuff, and national, of course, as well. So uh, I try to find ways to keep myself busy. I've been doing a pretty good job of that, I think.
0: First, uh, first of all, doing a podcast for a decade like that—that's a huge accomplishment. Julian and I started this podcast three years ago this month, so we're we're trying to get to that 10 year mark. We got a long way to go, but that's our goal and, and keep it going like that. But um so y- with you covering the Jets, so you've been covering a team that, you know, hasn't been the most competitive to say the <laughs> least with, the last time. So, let me ask you this. Within this season, I'm going to ask you from what you've seen through the first 5 games since they had the bye in week 6, What have you seen from this Jets team that excites you and what needs to be improved? Zach Wilson
2: answers both of those questions, quite frankly, because on some sense there is that level of excitement. We got the tangible product. Uh, That was against Tennessee. It was an exciting game, one that was back and forth and really showed everything the Jets fell in love with when they saw him at BYU. Again, the ability to improvise, the rocket launcher he has attached surgically to his shoulder. I, I, I mean, those things were impressive, but obviously you know better than anyone the other side of that coin was certainly the New England Patriots game. He called it himself, Zach Wilson, the worst outing of his football career of any level. And it certainly seemed that way. In his first 10 passes, four of those were intercepted. I think it was uh, the first two were straight up intercepted. It it just wasn't good. It wasn't a good performance. And the the most frustrating thing, on top of just a rookie quarterback struggling, was the fact of the matter is the Jets – Team seemed to play really well. They found rushing lanes against the Patriots. The defense seemed pretty good until eventually uh, the wheels fell off. Everything seemed to be going well except for Zach Wilson, and that kind of put the whole team – uh, into a stink. So the most exciting thing and the thing that also needs work is, of course, the rookie quarterback. That's what this season is ultimately about. So while the record obviously is unimpressive at one and four after the first six weeks and then throwing the bye, the thing that matters most is, of course, the development and progression of Zach Wilson.
1: hundred percent. That's the reason we're excited. I think we made the right decision moving on from Sam. He's kind of regressing already, but that's, we're not going to go too much in the ham. It's more about Zach now. We'll focus on here and now. So I'm going to actually switch the other side of the ball defense. Um, I know we're a little banged up. What else is new? Uh, seeing new news about C.J. Mosley with the hamstring. Um, Marcus May is trying to return, and Gerard Davis might return. So what's the latest you're hearing with all that stuff?
2: Uh, Jared Davis, it looks like a no-go actually. The coaching staff was hopeful he would be able to return for this Patriots game. Wow. That is likely not going to happen. I don't see that happening uh, whatsoever. So you might as well rule Jared Davis out uh, from that perspective. Okay. Marcus May, the coaching staff, is very high on that he will be able to return. He suffered that suffered. What is essentially an ankle sprint against the Denver Broncos in week three. It was a little worse than that, but he is expected back this week. C.J. Mosley is day-to-day, uh, they anticipate him being a game-time decision. He hurt his hamstring at the end of the Atlanta Falcons game and because of both travel by week and the players not really reporting back until Monday and Tuesday of coming back plus the day off, they didn't diagnose that until just recently. Mosley has dealt with this in his career before, so he seems optimistic he'll be able to go. I think the coaching staff is less so. He's going to be, in the truest sense, a game-time decision, and that's tough for a guy that's been arguably the defensive MVP uh, for the Jets uh, all season long.
1: Yeah, and the last time they played the Patriots, he plays when he's injured. He ends up missing the rest of the season. Gives me bad memories. I, he has <laughs> been great on the field. He has a huge contract, obviously. So I would err on the side of caution and kind of hope he gets left out of this one and hopefully he can be back sooner rather than later. But this is a big spot for the Jets. I mean, I know we don't really expect him to compete, but one of four the seasons basically on the line. So you'd like to see them put forth a good effort. And New England had an upsetting loss, too, in a crazy game. So it's going to be a big game up there. Oh, no question. It's
2: going to be a big game. But here's the thing that I've noticed about the Patriots from afar. They seem to play to their competition. They played the Cowboys very well. They played the Buccaneers very well. They didn't play the Texans very well. So they kind of ride this weird emotional roller coaster based on whoever they're playing. That's kind of the sign of a very weird team, as opposed to, you know, insert whatever team you want, whether that's, you know... Um, The Buccaneers or or whoever the top team, the Cardinals are undefeated. Let's just go with them. The Cardinals play everybody tough. They're a really good football team. But a team like the Patriots, in essence here, again, has just been a team that has just kind of played down to its competition. That's why, uh, to the point that was made earlier, that why this game could be closer than anticipated, is because that's what the Patriots have done all season long. So that's kind of what I'm expecting in this game, a much closer game than people are anticipating.
0: Well, definitely. And you hit the nail right on the head, Paul. The Patriots have played to their competition. Usually they'll go against what everybody's used to, including me. And I'll be honest, I'm a spoiled Patriots fan. I'm used to Patriots going into a game and blowing people out. That Those days are over. Those days are over. This year, you know what? They did play Buccaneers extremely well. They really did. They were just in that game. And the losses they've had this year, except the Saints game where they didn't even – they That game, they were not in it They got completely outcoached Outplayed everything But the Dolphins lost The Buccaneers lost and the Cowboys lost They have all been there And they've lost by a margin of Like three, one point Two points and then three points So This is just A Patriots team that's trying to find their identity And that's what they're trying to do But um you know, I'm going to go with, with this question for you for the Jets is that, um, you know, talking about C.J. Mosley, and I want to go back to that, is there, do you think in the Jets organization there is a bit of frustration with him because first year he had the hamstring injury, missed a few games, came back against New England, as Julian alluded to, uh, that Monday night blowout game, hurt his hamstring after the first series was out, didn't play the rest of the year. Last year he opted out. This year he's played pretty well, but now the injury. Do you think inside the organization they're kind of getting frustrated that, you know, they paid this guy $85 million over five years, that they're not getting the results they thought they were? Uh, I'd actually go the other way.
2: I, I think it's a clean slate. it okay. was signed by Mike McCagnin. He was the former general manager. Uh, Adam Gase was a part of that. He, Adam Gase is no longer here. Mike McCagnin is no longer here. Obviously, they were stuck with the contract. There's really nothing they could do. They initially explored some possible talks earlier this offseason to trade CJ Mosley. Teams were interested if the Jets would have eaten money and things of that nature. And Robert Saleh even admitted in one of his earlier press conferences he was hesitant. Because, you know, historically speaking, C.J. Mosley has played predominantly in a 3-4 scheme. Right. That's what they were bringing over was a 4-3. He thought to himself and openly admitted in one of the pressers that, man, I don't know how he's going to fit. And what C.J. Mosley did was rededicate himself to the game. And again, he basically missed two years. He rededicated himself to the sport and also lost a ton of weight to better fit this scheme. He uh, got back to his college playing weight, uh, which is around 230 pounds and change. That's what he played with at Alabama. So, no, I think actually the Jets have been pleasantly surprised, quite frankly, with okay. what they've gotten this season. Outside of this most recent hamstring injury, uh, mostly has been a leader for this team. He's been a heat-seeking missile, and uh, he's been probably 90, 85 percent of the player was in Baltimore, and that's way above the expectations I believe the Jets had inside the building.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mosley's, yeah, I agree. He's been solid when he's been on the field. Like, that first game against the Bills, he was lights out, too, and, like, the Jets would have won that game. We go way back to the beginning. But I'll go back to offense now with Wilson and stuff. So, I've noticed that he really seems to struggle in the gimme throws. Like, you notice he misses a lot of those check downs. He has the arm talent to make the longer plays. Do you think that's just, like, a normal thing with a rookie quarterback? Do you think it's a big concern going forward? And how do you think he could maybe clean that up?
2: Obviously, if he has the talent to throw it 70 yards down the field, he has the talent to complete a three-yard screen pass to Jamison Crowder or not hit an offensive lineman in the back with a football. You know, I, I think the thing is, is that what we don't realize when rookies are coming in, like he doesn't even know where the bathroom is, let alone trying to figure <laughs> out the offense and, and how everything is moving and grooving. There is a million things going through Zach Wilson's mind and some quarterbacks pick it up really quick. Justin Herbert, when he eventually was thrust into the mix, it wasn't in week one, but what eventually when he went into the mix, he figured it out very quickly. Some rookie quarterbacks do, some rookie quarterbacks don't. It kind of, You know, it's a case-by-case scenario. But in particular, for Zach, I think it's slowing things down. This bye week, as he tweeted out, he didn't want the bye week. He just wanted to play another game. I think the forcibly stepping away from the game for basically two weeks you get the rest of the week after the first game and then the second week like i think that was exactly what he needed to just kind of take a breather and you don't get that often uh, during an nfl season especially one that's 17 weeks i think he's going to be fine the jets are just michael floor in particular are going or is going to incorporate uh, more just gimme throws and again he missed a lot of those before so immediately getting them early in this patriots game is going to be paramount to building that confidence and momentum that he was able to build in the tennessee game that ultimately led to the best game of his career so there's going to be a lot of crossers pop screens bubble screens just quick three-step drop boom get rid of the ball get it out of his hands and make some things happen so I think they can orchestrate some of that from a play calling perspective but also from Zach is just going through his progressions going through his reads I think all that's going to lead to better days
0: absolutely you know Zach has a lot of upside I think um going back to him during his pro day I think he was making throws look easy like 50 60 yard throws looking effortless so he's young he's gonna figure it out i think the jets got a great one that was the right pick at that so from afar how do you feel mac jones has fared in in your opinion from a jets fan perspective i know uh, personally out from a patriots fan i feel like he's progressing every week but my, i want to get your take on what you see from this from mac jones
2: I'm going to be honest. I'm a big draft freak. That's something I enjoy beyond my jets. Even if I'm just mocking for other teams, I just enjoyed the draft process. It's a, it's a big part of what I do. It's something I really enjoy. I'm going to be honest heading into the draft and it wasn't even a Patriots thing. Like I hate the Patriots, obviously, but but putting that aside, just like draft stuff. I'm like, I didn't like what I saw from Mac Jones. (laughs) I didn't like the lack of mobility. I didn't like the lack of a huge sample size as a quarterback. There was a lot of things that I saw that kind of, it didn't seem like, at least professionally. So that was kind of my take in college. And he ends up in New England. I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to be okay. He's going to figure it out. And what they've been able to do with Mac Jones is he looks great on that little bicycle with training wheels. It looks good. He's not going to crash. It's hard to. you got four <laughs> wheels. He, he, unless he just slams into a mail post, I think he's going to be fine. But the thing is, when is he going to take those chances? When is he going to gamble a little bit? The completion percentage is insane. What they're asking him to do is within his realm of possibilities, but I want to see what more he has. Because right now, to me, the ceiling is limited. Obviously, and when that ceiling is limited and there's kind of a lack of faith from the coaching staff, think about all the times just in the Cowboys game alone that the Patriots chose to punt at midfield when they could have said Mac oh, yeah. no, you're our boy, let's go. Another example at the end of the half, there was like a minute 30 on the clock. No, we're good, we'll just kneel it out. Why yeah. didn't you go? Why didn't you show some chutzpah Why didn't you go do something? That to me either showed a lack of confidence in the offense, a lack of confidence in Mac, whoever's the blame game there. That's a the thing that I want to see more from. Uh, from Matt Jones That's a thing that has made me a little hesitant So far but obviously The completion percentage and you know The lack of turnovers outside of that uh, The Saints blow up and a couple others uh, He's been impressive there's no other way to put it
1: Yeah yeah, I agree with you 100% I see both ends of the coin He did take that one deep shot at the end of the game That they got busted on the digs and someone else And that was good to see I'd, I'd like to see him take more shots in the field as well Oh so if, would I trust me <laughs> but he's very good at the checkdowns, and you guys are making sure he doesn't make the big mistake. So that's one thing. He's definitely been more efficient than Zach, but every, upside is definitely higher with Wilson, but we'll see what happens. So we talked about the close game and I know a lot of people are into betting and stuff. So the number seven points for new England, what do you think your score is going to look like? Mine is a
2: 27, 24 kind of game. So whatever the, the seven point that's spread Eat it all day long, baby. I'm going to Vegas. I'm betting my house. I'm betting my savings. I'm betting the pink slip to my car, my deed to my house. I mean, I'm pushing all the chips into the oh, middle wow. of the table. This game, to me, one way or another, is going to be close. Whether the Jets win or Patriots win, I think it's going to be a 27-24 game. I think the Jets are going to score a lot more points than they did last time, which is six, so not an incredibly high bar, <laughs> obviously. Yes. But I feel like the Jets had a week. If you look at what the Jets have done well this season, obviously they've had slow for first half starts. They've been terrible. But the thing is, is that every time they've gotten to halftime, they've made second half adjustments and they've right. done well. So translating that to a bye week where basically you basically have like two weeks to make adjustments. I got to assume the coaching staff is going to have the same level of success when they do that internal eval that they, they, that they already did and they're going to perform a lot better. So to me, I think it's going to be a 27, 24 kind of ball game.
1: Very well could be. That'd be fun to see. I want to see a close game. Even if they lose, Um, you switch to the off, you talk about the offense. So what do you think an X factor is for the Jets offense to get them going? The first quarter struggles are really worrisome. It's actually been the opposite. Adam Gates used to kind of like world beaters that we used to have that first drive look good, and nothing. Now it's, we don't show up in the first quarter that we turn the wheels after halftime and stuff. <laughs> so what are you thinking? It's funny
2: because, like, if you really think about it from a football perspective, what are we talking about here? So why Adam Gase has had success is those are scripted plays. So in practice, you have 10 to 15 plays that you script before every football game. We're going to do this. And they pound it throughout the week. Practice, 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 practice. So he was a great preparation from that standpoint. But as soon as those scripted plays, the written playbook was <laughs> out and you had to adapt and, you know, oh god, coach that sort of thing, which seems to be a prerequisite for the position, that's when he went, ah, geez, no idea what I'm doing here. And then they got blown out by 30 or 40 points in every game. This stat that I like is those adjustments like, okay, they suck in the first half. I'd prefer not, but since that is what it is and that's what's happening, I love that they make adjustments in every second half because it has been incredible. Now they just keep running out of time because, you know, it's a 60 minute football game. They're not good enough to go on cruise control for 30 minutes and go, okay, let's turn it on and play now. They're not good enough to do that. Quite frankly, I don't know how many NFL teams are good enough to just skip half the game and fast forward and hit the snooze button and then show up in the third quarter. So uh, to me, the X factor on offense is not Corey Davis. I, I'm sure Bill Belichick is going to magic wizardry and throw him in a minivan. And he's going to be gone for the whole game. So <laughs> yeah. Somebody else will have to step up. I think we're going to see more Elijah Moore. I think they're going to go back to the running game that seemed to work really well. A couple of Tevin Coleman pops is coming out of the backfield. Uh, You know, the tight end position is really a disaster. I don't know how much more they're going to do there. Tyler Groff is doubtful for this game. I doubt he's going to be able to go. He's dealing with a very serious back issue. Um, So it's going to probably be a guy like Elijah Moore. And Jamison Crowder, obviously, he was not available in this first matchup uh, due to injury. I think he will be available in this one. He has been a Patriot killer over the years.
0: Yes, he has. And thinking of a Jets X factor, I think it's Jamison Crowder. Because last year on that Monday night game, Patriots had no answer for him. He was a killer. Um, Seeing Elijah Moore, I think that we haven't seen Elijah Moore break out yet, and I don't want that breakout game to be Sunday. I don't want this guy using his speed, burning J.C. Jackson or burning um, Jalen Mills, just like C.D. Lamb did on the last play of the game in overtime last week. So um, the one thing I will say about your score, Paul, I agree 100%. I think it's going to be really close. I think the Patriots, here's the thing. I think that's going to be back and forth. I do think that this week you're going to see Bill Belichick, Matt, uh, Josh McDaniels have more faith in Mac Jones. Like if there's a fourth and two, I think that they're going to keep them out there and say, Mac, let's go. We're two and four right now. Now let's do it. Okay. And Bill Belichick hates, and I repeat it, Hates the Jets with a burning passion So yep. he's going to want to do anything And everything to beat them He doesn't care what it takes So that's what's going to happen Now I will ask you this Now in terms of the Jets defense I think we all could agree The secondary is the Achilles heel Even though the secondary has played Well at times Now my question to you Paul Is do you think that with the trade deadline coming up Do you think the Jets explore some uh, corner, The cornerback market
2: I will say that it has been surprising, the corners. I thought they were going to be terrible this year. I'm just going to lay it yep. out
0: there. I, I was we completely all did.
2: wrong. And, and, and who didn't? I, I mean, there are a bunch of randos. I, you would have told yeah. me the name. I'm like, who the hell is that? I don't <laughs> even know. So, you know, the, the fact of the matter is the corners have played spectacular. Yes, they have. Uh, and, I still think they're the only unit in the NFL that has not allowed a touchdown reception. So part of that is because of sometimes uh, really? other teams. Yeah. So yeah. There's That's a stat, insane. But, That's an insane number. The cornerbacks have not allowed a passing touchdown. Now, part of that is because in that Falcons game, the Jets put a couple of pass rushers on Kyle Pitts. So I guess they saved themselves from breaking that stat. I guess if they were trying to save that, then great job, Jets. You kept that one going. But they have just been playing very well. The other outside quarter spot has been questionable. Bryce Hall has been really good. Michael Carter, the second in the slot, has been good. The other corner, Brandon mm-hmm. Echols, has been very hit and miss. And that has led to some big-time plays on that side of the ball. But in terms right. of trade deadline, I do not anticipate – cornerback action perhaps the Jets could get aggressive at tight end again Tyler Croft dealing with a back injury and tight end is a pretty important position in this offense so maybe they could go after an OJ Howard perhaps makes a lot of sense still willing to move at Dallas Goddard maybe that's somebody you can explore tight end would be a position that they could potentially attack I'm not sure in terms of buying whether or not cornerbacks on that list
1: Okay, I agree 100% and it's so frustrating with this Jets team. I was telling my dad the other day. He's a dire Jets fan. Big part of the reason why I'm a Jets fan myself. The tight end's been a black hole for the Jets for like a decade now. We can't fight the tight end. I thought it was going to be Herodot. He was a big bust, obviously. It's, <laughs> ever, it's been ever since Dustin Keller. I would love an OJ Howard trade. I think that'd be perfect for us. You could maximize his ability, which isn't being maximized on the box. I don't know if Marcus May would interest them, but I think he could be on the chopping block and wonder what your thoughts are on that.
2: Yeah, here's several teams that I think are going to be in on Marcus May. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of those teams, so maybe that's some sort of package. I think the Jets would need more than just O.J. Howard, to be honest. I think to get O.J. Howard, it may be a conditional late-round pick. He is buried on the depth chart. He's in the last year of his deal, and he's fallen out of favor with the Bucs coaching staff. So I don't think it would take much to get O.J. Howard. If they (laughs) want May, I think they're going to have to cough up some more. Some teams that could be interested in Marcus May. Keep an eye out for Tampa Bay. The Kansas City Chiefs, the L.A. Rams are always willing to make a splash. And the other, like, dark horse, not-so-dark horse team is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Demonte Casey, uh, their safety, just got involved with a DWI incident, very serious. And they already had safety issues before that. So that's something to keep an eye out for. And the Cowboys sniffed really hard around Jamal Adams when he was here. Uh, They would love a guy like Marcus May. So he's a guy to keep an eye out for as we're, well, again, like – 12,
0: 13, a little less than two weeks away uh, from the uh, NFL trade deadline. That makes a lot of sense. I agree 100%, Paul. Um, For the Jets to get OJ Howard, I think that's perfect. I think it legitimately is a perfect landing spot. He could really help Zach in the middle of the field. I really do. And especially in the red zone, that could be huge for him. Um, I will tell you this. I think that Marcus May definitely gets traded. I really do. I think that's definitely going to happen. I he's. I think, you know what? I will ask you this. Isn't he frustrated with the organization? He didn't get captain. He didn't get, he got tagged. He didn't get the extension he wanted. So basically I think we could say it's inevitable that this was always going to be his last year with gang green.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of tension. There's no question about it. Uh, again, they were negotiating a long-term deal in the off season. Things went a little south. The Jets slapped the franchise tag on him. He did not appreciate that, nor did his agency and representation in Eric Burkhardt. So that caused a lot of friction. And Eric went to Twitter to kind of bash the Jets on their negotiating strategy. And then as we were approaching the franchise tag deadline in July, uh, it just didn't seem like a deal was happening. They were just too far apart. On making something happen. And then of course you add insult to injury. He kept a private and speaking of DUIs, he kept a DUI yep. to himself that happened in February. The team was not aware of that before it was reported by ESPN and Ritsamini. that really upset the team. And Marcus May came out after the fact, said, ah, sorry, forgot to mention it. And the jets really, they, again, just pulled out the notebook went interesting and they put it on their sheet with everything else with that has been bothering them with the negotiations to get that, that to them was a a final straw of sorts. But here's the thing, obviously he's one of the best players still on the team. So he's still expected to come back this week and play against the Patriots. It may be a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a show for the rest of the NFL that may or may not want to trade for Marcus May ahead of this trade deadline. I don't believe they'll just give him away, but I think it has to be the right value. To me, that value would be a conditional third And uh, depending on both playing time and potentially re-signing with the team, that's a deal they did with Leonard Williams when he was traded to the Giants. If he re-signed, that fifth would have turned into a fourth. Same kind of thing here. I would imagine a conditional third, if he re-signs with whatever team he goes to, that could become a second. That's what I could anticipate. But if the deal doesn't come, I don't think the Jets would have any qualms with entering the offseason and potentially franchise tagging him again and maybe tag and trade in the offseason. Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) That would be a messy situation. I kind of hope the Jets just Move on because I don't like the Thing either how is he not reporting I'm really Curious how the NFL didn't know about it like how Is he hiding for that long like that was a Crazy thing to find out about it all of a sudden Yeah I mean the fact Of the matter is
2: I mean just kind of think about it If anything happens right with any of us we're Normal people right if anything happens With us you know the police make a report it Goes through but it's not like the NFL is sitting At every again there's like Three thousand something players In the NFL yeah. and everyone has their own lives And things that are going on Again, it's hard to keep track of all those kind of things. But again, the thing that I don't understand is, you know, and obviously May's agent knew about this, that you're demanding all this stuff in the off season, but you're also keeping that stuff private because I'm pretty sure if the Jets would have given him the long-term deal, this offseason, like the you know Marcus May wanted, I'm pretty sure they still could have gotten out of it with the unreported DWI that they hid. So they could have probably gotten out of some of the guarantees anyway. So it was a very weird move not to tell the Jets until it ended up being reported and found out later. It's weird. I think it did cause some more tension and friction with the relationship. Like I said, I really hope it doesn't get messy. I hope they just get the proper package, clean the hands, and everyone goes different yeah. ways. But. Uh, Joe Douglas is not the kind of guy to just let a guy go for nothing. So that's why I think there is a very strong chance it could get messy because he has no problem tagging May and just, hey, May, you want (laughs) to throw a temper tantrum, be my guest, we'll trade you somewhere.
1: Oh, man. I mean, Douglas has done a good job with his trades. I mean, the Jamal Adams trade looks great. Um, Sam Darnold trade's looking solid early on. I mean, Herndon's looking good. I mean, he's done a good job with the trades. The drafts, been he's had some good ones, had some bad ones. we got to see some more stuff with that. So – what do you think about all the help the Jets got over this bye week? I was thinking it was the best bye week ever. Like we, had this, we had the Seahawks lose, we had the Panthers lose, Titans stuffed the Bills, and the Patriots have a dramatic loss against the Cowboys. And then the Dolphins blow game against Jacksonville. I was quite entertained.
2: You know, again, I've made this joke before over the last week when people have brought me on their shows. I think the thing is, is that I get the joke all the time from people. I've been on this planet for 28 years And every goddamn year when it's a Jets bye week, they're like, well, at least the Jets won't lose this week. And I'm like, ha,
0: ha, ha,
1: ha.
2: good one. And, yeah, okay, nice, original, good, funny. And then, okay, now the Jets finally win on a bye week. The entire division loses in great fashion. The Patriots lose in a close game to the Cowboys. Phenomenal. The Dolphins give the Jaguars. Was their first win, LOL. The Bills blow it against the Titans. That's hilarious. Great. Then the draft stuff you mentioned. Seattle loses. I love Geno Smith, so it kind of hurt me that he was the one who turned the ball over to lose them the game. But still, hey, all for the draft. Trust the process. And then the Panthers and Sam Darnold blowing it against Philly again. That was just that was gross. So you know what? It was a great week. The bye week bingo card was out, and fans were they were <laughs> stamping their sheet and card. Because this was the best bye week in Jets history.
1: I know if we get just compounds with winning somehow, it actually be field goal for the first time in a while. But got a long way to go. We'll see.
2: Yeah, and and I will say to throw this in there that again, if the Jets are able to beat the Patriots a Sunday, no guarantee. Obviously, the Patriots are favored and for good reason. But if the Jets beat the Patriots, they'll be in second place in the division, and it'd be the first time the Jets beat the Patriots on the road since two thousand eight. It's been thirteen years. The Breath last harsh. time.
0: Brett
2: Yep, the, you remember it. You already uh, know. Oh, I remember. It was Brett Favre, Matt Castle. I'm pretty sure that game went to overtime and Randy it, it Moss. Was was Randy through.
0: Moss caught that crazy uh, touchdown. Yep. 100% of the
2: football. end zone. Yep. That's it. So, again, it's been that long. It's been Matt Castle ago since they've won. So, I mean, <laughs> Jeff oh have been have been begging and hoping for this one for a while. Uh, that would be pretty wild.
1: In the regular season because we had that playoff victory. So, there is that at least. <laughs> yeah, but that I, was over a decade ago, too.
0: I will tell you this. I was at that game where the oh. Patriots lost to the Jets and Brady threw that uh, interception to David Harris. Um, I was literally in that end zone where Brady threw it. It was that game. You know what? Going up to Foxborough, and Julian and I will be there um, on Sunday for this oh, game.
1: Awesome. So, yeah, first time.
0: Yep, this is his first time. My first time since 2018. My last game I went to was the. Sunday night thriller in 2018 Patriots chiefs. That was the, that wow. game was crazy. Um, but that game, I will tell you, man, the jets, that game I, I all weekend. All I did was have in my head that Rex Ryan's going to have a plan. And all I was like this, I'm like, all right, all right. We got this 45 to three, but then watching warmups, I'm like, because that's one th- – I was in high school. I was a senior high school at the time, and I'm standing there, and I'm just like, Rex got something up his sleeve today, doesn't he? And and Brady could not get anything done. They didn't utilize the tight ends. That's uh, Gronk and Hernandez's first year. Um, the receiving core for the Patriots, other than Welker, and that's the game Welker was benched the first quarter. And Julian, I think you can remember when he made the foot fetish comment about Rex Ryan, yeah. and he was benched. It was just a bad game. The Patriots defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, as Bart Scott said. It was 100% right. But, yeah, this game, I'm telling you, is going to – it gives me that feel. And Robert Salah is the type of guy, you know what? He's a defensive guru. He is smart. You get him once. If you get him again, he's going to get you. That's the way this guy is. And I think it was a perfect hire. But, you know, what? one of my last questions for you, Paul, is – What do you think the game plan is for the Jets this Sunday? What do you think that uh, Robert Salah, LaFleur, and even I don't know the Jets D coordinator's name. What do you think Yeah, yeah, what their game plan is to make the Patriots go 0-5 at home, which if they do, I'll be pissed. (laughs) <laughs> As you should be, by the way. By the way, just one more on the
2: uh, Jets Patriots game. I still can't believe on that David Harris interception that Algie Crumpler's fat old ass somehow <laughs> <shot> David <Harris. laughs> right? I thought it was and a it... touchdown. I'm going, to touchdown. I'm like, is that
0: Algie Crumpler? <laughs> and then he took him out, and then they ended up missing the field goal on that drive. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. The Jets, gonna blow. Algie it. Crumpler made the play. I couldn't believe it myself. How the – a 7 2 Like,
2: Jesus, how did that It was happen? so
1: close to a touchdown. How did you not just punch it in at that point and you missed the field goal? I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, here we go again. I'm like, we got a big momentum shift, and then you just blow it like classic Jets. So And they
2: somehow win that game, so phenomenal. But thank God yeah. I don't have to remember that, like, ouchy crumpler, like yeah. Dingleberg – but anywho, no, the, the, in terms of the plan for Mac Jones, it's interesting because I feel like it's going to be the same thing. So Bill Belichick attacked Zach Wilson a certain way where I thought he was going to run a lot of cover zero. He was going to try to have the Sam Darnold ghost game against Zach Wilson, but he didn't. And I thought that was interesting. They did just keep sending the house over and over again. Bill Belichick didn't do that. Vice versa, you know, the Jets, and really it's the nature of their scheme. They try to get there with their front four. They got John Funk and Myers, Quinnen Quinnen Williams, who, by the way, should be a lot healthier now than he was back in week two, still coming off that uh, off-season foot surgery. So I feel like the defensive line and uh, Salah's been, you know, proudly pounding his chest about it. Uh, in the buildup this week that he believes they can win the uh, trench warfare the battle up front and he thinks if they and especially think about the Patriots musical chairs on the offensive line I mean they've got people moving all over the place injuries Trent Brown's not supposed to be back to a minimum of next week after IR so I mean this Patriots offensive line is a wounded animal and if I'm the Jets I'm licking my chops at what I can potentially do to try to disrupt and make life very, very uncomfortable for Mac Jones. That's the plan. The plan is to get after Mac Jones, force him, because he leads the league or he's very close with how quickly he's able to get the ball off. I believe it's 2.6 right. seconds. Yeah. So yep. It's very quick. So what the Jets are going to have to do to counteract that is cover up the short stuff and dare him to beat you deep, give one-on-one monoe yep. mono opportunities with Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, tight end, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, that's the key, is covering 100. up the underneath stuff and don't make life easy. When Mac Jones could get rid of it in 2.6 seconds, that means someone just wide open immediately. Hike, go. Right. Hike, go. Hike, go. They need to prevent that. I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to clog the lanes up front, and then they're going to dare Mac Jones, who even in the Jets game. The thing I remember is Mac Jones had a couple of chances to go deep and he like hesitated and said, I'll dump it off instead. Like, you know, if that hesitation, that extra hitch, as Robert Sala calls it, could be the difference between completing a pass and being a sack. That to me is the key to the game.
0: What's up GNT nation. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Subscribe to us at grunt talks MLB. Once again, that's grunt talks MLB. You could also catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now back to the show.
1: Yeah, the Patriots got, I mean, they got to force the Patriots to throw deep. You got to take away those check downs. And I'm happy you brought the D line because that wasn't be one of my last questions too. This Jets D line has been a pleasant surprise. Probably one of the biggest surprises in the football team along with the secondary. Um, the John Franklin Myers deal, what was your thoughts on that? And um, who else do you think has been a huge X factor on that line besides him?
2: God, man, Jay, I, I was getting all teared up. I was like, oh, do I have to some dust in my eyes. Seeing the John Franken-Myers thing, man. It's so cool to see a guy that, you know, was cut by his team. He was drafted by the Rams, had a sack against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And he's like, yeah, this is great. I, I found my career. And then they cut him that offseason. So, again, the NFL is a cold-blooded business. The Jets take a chance, claim him off waivers. And he shows a couple of pops last year injuries happen unfortunately to the Jets Carl Lawson out for the year ruptured Achilles Vinny Curry out for the year with a rare blood disorder all of a sudden John Myers goes from rotational guy to starter and he more than took advantage of the opportunity so I'm so happy for the guy I've done a few interviews with JFM he's an awesome dude um real down to earth and obviously he's playing for his family the money that he's going to get from this contract is awesome also from a selfless Jets perspective the the Jets could get out of the contract very easily if he's not the player he is, but I don't anticipate that being an issue. I think he's going to be a player here for a long time, but JFM, that was an inspirational story and that's what the NFL is all about. Getting guys are going to get a chance and opportunity. It is next man up. I know it's an overused cliche, but he was the next man up and he earned a contract within the same season that he got the opportunity. So that's awesome. In terms of other X factors, we talked about CJ Mosley earlier. If he's out for this game, that is a massive loss. It will be a true game time decision. Uh, He's been an X factor. No question about it. You got to give a shout out to Quinnen. while the numbers haven't popped so far, he's had a couple of moments where you're like, Oh, there he is. He's had great moments. And how can I not bring up his brother? Quincy Williams, he to me has been a goddamn heat seeking missile and talk about Joe Douglas. So Joe Douglas has messed up a lot of things. He convinced some fat so off the couch to come out of retirement and play center and Ryan Khalil. He's had some weird draft decisions where guys have sucked immediately. But what he's nailed is trades and waiver wire pickups. We talked about John Franklin Myers, you know, you you bring up another guy here and a very talented guy in Quincy Williams who was cast off by the Jaguars injured, didn't fit the scheme. And now he took a chance on this guy. and he flies around. Is he a perfect player? Hell no, but he's getting better every week. And I think that energy, and as a former player, that energy is infectious. When I see one guy amped up, hyped up, that hypes me up. That allows me to play above my means. I think that's something he does. And even with CJ Mosley in or out, Jared Davis is going to be out for this game, so Quincy Williams is going to get a lot of run. He's a guy that can make big time plays. He's proven that.
0: Quincy Williams to me is the story of the Jets defense. This guy is all over the field. If you every Jets game the past three games, he's been with the team. You watch him. Every time a play is made, he's he's around the ball. This guy has a nose for the ball. Um Quinn and Williams, yeah, his brother. I'm all the the Starlight is on him, but you guys got to understand this guy, Quincy Williams, he deserves all He's making all these tackles. He's arguably one of the best players on defense. He scares me. All I keep thinking about this week is stay away from Quincy Williams, please. And Julian, you will hear me on Sunday. If Quincy Williams makes him plays, I'm going to get pissed because I <laughs> we got to take control of this, but no pause. One of my last questions for you is sure. In terms of the Patriots uh, team, is there anybody who you think scares you this game that, you know what, we the Jets got to keep an eye on him if they don't, we're in trouble? It's
2: funny. It's the same way that you are afraid, so to speak, to use that word of Elijah Moore just finally popping and figuring it all out and doing what all these other rookie receivers like Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith have done like getting Elijah Moore. And I'm afraid of getting Johnu Smith. Now, I don't know oh. if it will happen because the Patriots are just weird. Uh, in some games this season, he's gotten like six snaps. I'm like, what is he doing? Like what? You paid him like an unbelievable. They're easing unbelievable.
0: him, man. They're yeah, easing him, man. Yeah,
2: so it must be it. I mean, that's an interesting strategy for a guy they handed so much money to. But that's yeah. what I'm afraid of. The Kyle Pitts thing to the Jets. Kyle Pitts, non-factor all year, plays the Jets. Booyah, he explodes on the scene. I feel like Johnny Smith has that ability when the Patriots signed him. like, wow, Johnny Smith is a player, an athletic freak. I thought they would use him more though. Jet sweeps creatively, offensively, which they haven't so far. He's a guy that could give the Jets problems. Obviously the blueprint was revealed with Kyle Pitts making plays. If they could put Johnny Smith in a similar situation, I I have no doubt he could do the same. And plus Hunter Henry's hot too. He's had like three straight games with touchdowns. So he's a pretty good player too. I will
0: tell you this. The fact that you said, sorry, Joel. Uh, you said this now, now watch, that's what they'll do this week. Exactly. I have no one to blame but myself.
1: <laughs> no, it's all good. I was just saying the Jets struggle against tight ends, so that's definitely something overly to worry the monitor. I always feel like we do bad against tight ends. Now, My last question is going to be, so do you get to go to the games or do you just do everything from home? And what's been your favorite part about the experience?
2: It's really both. I mean, I do it all. And that's kind of what I love about this digital reporter job is that I can do it from the lovely confines of my home. I also go obviously to my radio station every day as well. and, And then going to the game. So I've done all the flavors covering the Jets over the last bunch of years for a lot of different places. I've been at both you know, no name site. So you guys wouldn't know like elite sports, New York or, or the jet press. I've heard or that one. That. So, yeah, so I've been everywhere. So I've really gotten a lot of different chances to cover the team for different mediums and kind of see what I liked, what I didn't like. So I've done it all. I've been, I've, I've covered the team personally, been in those, uh, you know, press conferences. I've covered the team as a fan. That's what I feel like I bring to the table that I don't know other people do. For me, I'm not Ritz Samini. I'm not DJ BNMA. I'm not Connor Hughes. Like, Connor Hughes isn't a fan of the Jets. It's his job. He gets paid a paycheck to cover the Jets objectively, and that's what he does. And Connor Hughes is great. He's been on my shows. To me, I'm a diehard fan of the team, but I feel like that gives me a greater knowledge and sense of the team. Like, I don't think that clouds my judgment. It makes me go, oh, wow, Jets are going to win every game. No, what I think it does is I'm closer to the sun than anybody else. I know what's wrong with the team because I'm a fan. I think any fan would know what's wrong with their own team. Right. So I think that helps me when I write about the team, podcast about the team, do video interviews like this and others. It's like I can toe both lines. And
1: that to me is the best part of the job. I'm so happy to hear you say that because I do the same thing with the Yankees. Like I'm a diehard fan. I've reported and I cover for them too. I don't have the credentials you have yet, but. Somewhere I'm trying to work to get. I've heard both sides of the coin. Some people are like, you can't be so fanny and report. Some people are like, you have a lane to do this. Like, I do want to try to do it in that way and kind of like how you're doing it.
2: That's me, is my favorite. I'm I'm dead serious. I uh, I'll tell the story real quick. I went to SUNY Oswego, which both of you may go, where the hell is that? I've but uh, at this school is Steve Levy, he was an alum. He's the voice of Monday Night Football. And he comes back every couple of years. And when I was in college, he came back and did a seminar. And he did this whole bit where you talked to the students and after you could go up and talk to him. I went up to him and said, hey, Steve, this before I did anything really crazy with the Jets. I was just a fan at the time. But I said, hey, Steve, I want to get into this business, but I'm a diehard Jets fan. What should I do? And he said, hey, screw your fandom you got to be a professional. Come on, man. Sack up. You can't you can't be a fan anymore. I'm a Jets fan. You never hear me talk about it because I, I got a job to do. And I heard what he said, and obviously he's wildly successful, but I kind of said, not disrespectfully, but to myself after I thought about what he said, I said, screw that. I'm going to create my own path. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm a Jets fan. I'm not going to hide that. I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to cover the team. And quite frankly, while the path is somewhat... You know, non-traditional. Uh, it's a little different. I think my path is phenomenal. I love doing radio. I love doing video podcasts. I love doing my own YouTube shows and and writing about the team and everything. I feel like I could do everything I want in my own way, and I, I I'm proud and I'm happy uh, of the path I chose. And you know, I'll tell Steve Levy that one day, years later, that hey, I heard your advice, I went the other way, and it worked out for me. But obviously, it's working out for you. So that's something I still hold dear uh, to me.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I love the Patriots, and that's what I do. You know, Julian does that with uh, the Yankees. I do that with the Patriots, and, you know, I I do think, you know what? Yeah, I get it. They'll say, like, stay professional, of course. They'll all say that, but, you know, being a fan, like, I do think that fans, if you're watching every game, you don't miss in baseball. You don't miss an inning. Uh, With us in football, you don't miss a a quarter, uh, any minutes or anything. Like, I think it's – easy to say that in terms of like Connor Hughes, who just gets paid to cover the team, you know, we know exactly. We know what's going on. I, I'll, I could tell you right now, I know it's a problem with the Patriots. They spent a lot of money. They thought that, you know, they're not putting enough confidence in their rookie quarterback. And when you trade away Stefan Gilmore, look what happens to the secondary. So uh, I think anybody could see that. And it's very obvious, but being a fan, you know what, keeping your fandom, in this business, I don't think is a bad thing. And you're proving that. So, you know what? I thank you, Paul, for that, because that just motivates us even more to keep going what we're doing.
2: I hope others can follow in the path. And I, I'm dead serious to me. Every person that's come up to me after the fact, and said, Paul, I, I, when I saw you doing that, I said, oh, my God, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know we were allowed to do that. And I'm like, well, you know what? If one person looks at me and says, you know what? I could do a, just a small piece of what he can do, then phenomenal. I just want to continue to spread the love and show that there are different ways to cover teams and maybe some other people haven't done in the past. And, and I hope more people could do stuff like this. Because, again, we're closest to the sun. We're fans of the team. We watch every waking second of the team. I don't think that should be a detriment. I think that could be a problem. Absolutely,
1: and I appreciate that advice. And does also, um, yeah, for a we know what's going on. Do we have? Can we be biased at the time? Sure. I mean, there's going to be some bias that kicks in, but it's not uneducated by any means. That's Absolutely. the key, right
2: there. Is that it's not uneducated that people assume when fans speak, it's just again over the top, overwhelming homerism, where it's just like, oh, the Jets, Patriots. You asked me if my prediction: Jets 100, Patriots zero. No, like. Yeah. You know, would I love to see that? Obviously, of course, who wouldn't want to see that? But I mean, we have to be you know, unbiased, but there are certain ones where we're biased. But I think that bias helps me look at the team more critically than I yeah. think someone who just is just unbiased, just kind of looks at the team. They don't really have a horse in the race, so to speak. Me, I've got a horse in the race and I, I'll be like, wow, these corners I think are going to be terrible. I'll tell you they're going to be terrible, but I'll tell you what I think is going to be good. I'll tell you what I think is going to be trash. And I think again, that brutal honesty, I think people really appreciate.
0: Absolutely. And you know, we both definitely. All of us have a team in the race this this Sunday. It's going to be a great game. One o'clock, Foxborough, Massachusetts, in the middle of nowhere. Let's uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, definitely going to be uh, you know, live tweeting that. Putting some videos up on Twitter. Putting it all up there. Going to get some great stuff up there. It's awesome in Foxborough. But Paul, thank you so much for coming on here talking this game. It was perfect. We got great uh preview for this game and we're just really excited thank you so much for all everything
2: of course guys
0: anytime thank you so much for having me on the
2: show good luck enjoy both of you guys enjoy the game on sunday i've never been to foxborough there's a small chance it it ended up falling through because of uh, the early covid stuff where we were looking at it but uh, i i was this close to going to foxborough and full jet skier as a fan is going bring it on Patriots! <laughs> I did not do that. So I hope you guys can have that same energy for me when you guys are there. Definitely Uh, will.
1: Definitely will. we will be sure to send send you some cool stuff. Um, We'll be in touch. Um, We're going to post this up on um, our podcast audio, maybe to the video also. But, Paul, thank you so much. This is a great experience. You've definitely taught us a lot of valuable lessons about being fan reporters also that we can take with us. And let's go Jets, baby. Let's get this done. That's it, baby. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Thank you so much. Oh,
1: one. oh, brother, that was a fun podcast. What do you think?
0: I thought it was awesome. I think that we got a lot of great insight. I think that we all, um, you know, got a great preview and we got some intake on how we uh, on what happened with the Jets behind the scenes and everything. And I'm, I'm just excited for this game. So going back to Foxborough, your first time in Foxborough, we get to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: I know. I'm starting to get butterflies thinking about it. That we got oh, my. So now. am I. So am I. I can't. <laughs> you're, you're, all I'm going to tell you
0: is this. You're going to get really sick of the foghorn when you hear because in Gillette Stadium, they have this really big lighthouse. And on third downs, you're going to hear this foghorn. And all I know at one point you're going to say, I'm sick and tired of hearing this foghorn. It's, oh. it, trust me, it's going to be something. I gotta say,
1: I'm really excited for this experience. I'm bracing myself. For those that don't know, I'm going to have to wear some Patriots stuff since I didn't lose a bet last year. You'll be wearing wearing a Mac
0: Jones jersey. That's what you'll be
1: doing. Oh, (laughs) God. Yeah, I did lose a bet, unfortunately. But but I lost a bet, too, Paul.
0: I actually have to uh, wear a Jets jersey while I go to a Jets game, and I'm a man of my word, and I'll definitely do it
2: wow there you go take pictures please i want to
1: see that yeah we'll we'll be posting up um so if everyone wants to follow our videos and content Talks mlb is our youtube channel we also have the Talk sports as well we may be mixing up on there um instagram is Talks team twitter is Talks mlb as well and um facebook we're on there also personal twitter is julian one and then personal instagram julian 11 brother take it away
0: Thank you, brother. And personal Twitter, BThompson81. Check out Grunt Talks NFL as well. The trade deadline's going to get crazy. You got a lot of uh, Deshaun Watson to Miami news. We'll keep you guys updated with that. And personal Instagram, Bobby thompson 81 Our YouTube channel, Grunt Talk Sports. And, of course, check all our content exclusively on GruntTalksNL.com.
1: Let's get it, brother. Big week ahead. Let's do it. Go Pat. Oh.